On today's Locked On Royals podcast, we're going to dive into the Kansas City Royals offseason that has been. What are some remaining options for the Royals this offseason? And what are the expectations for the Royals as we are only about a month or so away from pitchers and catchers reporting to surprise Arizona can the Royals surprise in surprise and the rest of this season. We'll talk about that coming up on today's locked on Royals podcast on the locked on podcast network, your team every day. You are locked on Royals, your daily Kansas city Royals podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Royals. Email the show, LockedOnRoyals at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Bet Online. We're going to dive into the Kansas City Royals offseason thus far, what we've learned about the Royals, and have we gained a peek into what their goals are for this season? We'll talk about all that coming up. Plus, are there any surprises up their sleeves for the rest of this offseason, or is this the current core that the Royals will be heading to surprise Arizona with? We'll talk all about that coming up on today's show, which is brought to you again by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered with more sports odds, props, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. The Royals stood pat so far this offseason, and there's obviously not a route they can go to make us say they did anything other than that, right? So, like, even if they did technically add a player, we would still have the basic consensus of this team stood pat because there's just not a alluring, splashy move to be made. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think that the Royals were in position to stand pat. And if you want to criticize the Royals for standing pat, I think that that's a little bit hypocritical considering we spent this entire last season saying, just let the young kids play, you know, get a new manager, get a new general manager, a new pitching coach. Uh, let's figure out what these young kids can get. Why are we shoehorning in uh, some of these veterans who aren't going to be a part of the future? The, uh, the young kids are good. They're going to lead the Royals to the next you know era of Royals baseball. You know, to sit there and say all of that and then want them to make moves is a little counterproductive considering in order to play the young players who can't bring in players to replace them or to take at-bats away from them. And so I, I never felt that the Royals should add a bat this offseason. Um, in fact, they should get rid of O'Hearn and get rid of McBroom, and they've done that. From the pitching side of things, I totally get adding Yarborough. I totally get adding Lyles. I, I think that those are ads, but those are also safety nets. Those aren't necessarily 
ads as in, let's try to get this team a lot better. You know, th- those are ads as in, hey, these guys are proven that they can go out there every fifth day and they can help us take away innings from a long season. And if they end up being better than expected, that's fantastic. If they end up being, you know, middle of the road or better starters, that's that's awesome. But the, but the sure function of taking away innings off of these young pitchers who might go through lulls of this season where they just can't find the zone and they can't get out of the first inning or second inning, that function right there is is why you sign them. So I don't view that as like anything out of the ordinary. What this season comes down to is how good these young players are. Like can Bobby Witt Jr. break out and have a year like Julio Rodriguez had last year? Can he have a year like Adley Rushman had last year? Can he have a year like Jeremy Pena had last year? Like can he break out and look like someone who was supposed to be the best prospect in baseball? It's not that Bobby Witt Jr. had a bad year, but he didn't have a superstar year. So you're waiting on that superstar outburst from a guy with superstar potential. I think that you have a good player in Nick Prado. I think you have a good player in Vinny Pescantino, but how good can they be? How good will they be? And then you you invested so much currency, you invested so much money and effort and draft capital into these college pitchers. And so far, you've only hit on one, and that's Brady Singer. I feel comfortable in saying Brady Singer was a successful draft pick. I do. I think that Brady Singer is going to go down as a success, and he pitched last year in a way that would that would make you believe that, especially whenever you look at his post-June 1st numbers. But as for everyone else, Asa Lacey, Daniel Lynch, Jackson Coar, as for everyone else, the kid from Connecticut, the high school kid, um, th- this has been a total failure of investing in arms. But you have to give them a chance to have good days and bad days in the big leagues and, and get consistent opportunity in the big leagues, which I, I don't feel like Jackson Coar has necessarily gotten a ton of consistency in his pitching life with Kansas city. So I want to see that this year. I think that this is the year. What what you need to do is live and die by these young players. And you might go on a 15 game losing streak. You might go on a 10 game winning streak, but either way, by the time September rolls around, you need to know, are any of these young pitchers good? Are the Royals just a bit of seasoning away from the playoffs with these guys, or do they only have one or two pieces who are legitimately good and who legitimately move the needle? And do they need to tear it all down and have a full cell rebuild again and just start from scratch with a new regime? That's what I think that the expectations are for this team. So this offseason, I would grade out as a success because you need the pathway to get that opportunity for this young team, and I think that they've created that pathway for themselves. You can create a pathway to our good friends over at BetOnline by going to BetOnline.net. And you can even use your mobile device to find BetOnline.net. And you can bet on all things sports. I think that sports are very fun whenever you uh, responsibly throw a few shekels down on a parlay or on a bet or whatever the case is. It's your number one site for sports betting information, lines, odds, news, analysis, 
prop bets for pro and college basketball, for football and the NFL playoffs heating up. Uh, baseball's right around the corner, especially the World Baseball Classic will be fun. My personal you know, favorite part about bet online is not even necessarily the straight up like you know, bets you can make that anyone can offer you, like the spread, so to say. So like tomorrow's Cowboys game, uh, minus three or whatever it is. Like that, that's fun to bet on. I, I still like to bet on those. And the, the Chiefs, Jacksonville Chiefs are minus uh, eight and a half in Arrowhead. Those are still fun to bet on, but I like to see kind of the out of the ordinary stuff. There's one on the NBA tab where you can literally bet on how LeBron James will break the scoring record in the NBA. Will it be a two point shot? Will it be a three point shot? Will it be a free throw? Like you can literally bet on that, which I find absolutely interesting and fun and exciting. Uh, and just something that, that can, you know, responsibly add some excitement whenever you're watching these games. So go over there right now, but online, but online is where the game starts for the latest odds, news, scores, analysis, and even podcast over there at betonline.net. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to say right now, thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball and, and Royals baseball. I do both. I do Lockdown Thunder and do Lockdown Royals. I want to say right now, also check out the Lockdown Prospects Podcast. Lockdown Prospects Podcast is the podcast for you if you want to learn more about the stars of tomorrow because it's hosted by Lindsey Crosby, who is just a encyclopedia of knowledge when it comes to prospects. And he does his homework. And I can truly say for my money, he's the hardest working prospects guru on the market. Cause he just knows about every organization. The millisecond a trade goes down around baseball. He is in our lockdown. It will be DMS breaking down each individual player, giving us a full scouting report on them. His database of prospects is just humongous. So go check him out. Over there at Lockdown, it will be prospects. I also want to give a quick shout out to Lockdown Chiefs. I've uh, been doing the heavy lifting all season long, five days a week. And now it's playoff time. And now you know who the Chiefs' first round opponent will be for their first round. Of course, second round of the NFL playoffs. Uh, their first round, their first game in Arrowhead will be against Jacksonville. So you can check it out. They're going to lead you up to the Jacksonville game all week long over there on Lockdown Chiefs. And of course, have instant breakdown analysis of that game as well. For your enjoyment, we know that it's very Chief-centric around Kansas City uh, right now. But the Royals are still in the spotlight a little bit. I think that the offseason is a success. And, and I think that, you know, you're going to get to see Andrew Melendez hopefully break out. See Bobby Wood Jr. hopefully break out. See Vinny Pascantino Nick Prado, uh, Nick Prado absolutely get consistent ABs and opportunity. You're going to see if you have anything in guys like Drew Walters, who are not necessarily like the extremely hyped up prospects, but still showed last year that they had some flashes, had some spurts of some really good baseball. And you have to find out what's the deal with the pitching staff. Like, are any of these guys worth anything? And so the reason I've been harping on this, this offseason being a success is our big complaints last year as Royals fans were what? The GM sucks, the manager sucks, the pitching coach sucks. They're all gone. Like, all of them are gone. And I said earlier this, this off season that the, the regime of Mr. Sherman starts right now. Like, the, like this is the first season he's the owner. I know he's been the acting owner for a couple of years. This is his first year as an owner, plain and simple. Um, 
I, I think that you should not judge him based on what's happened before. And uh, and if if we find out the worst case scenario, I wish I should do a whole podcast on that tomorrow. Best, worst, and most likely case scenario for the Royals this season. If we find out the worst case scenario where, yep, it's true, new pitching coach, new philosophy, new manager, new new setup, everything, and all of these pitchers still absolutely suck besides Brady Singer. If that's true, I know it's going to be a painful process. I know it's going to be difficult to, yet again, reset and rebuild, but we should give this ownership group and especially Jason Bacolia and this new front office room to do that if necessary, rather than, you know, apply such pressure that they feel the need to patchwork this stuff. Because the patchworking is never going to work, especially not in a market like Kansas City. You cannot get away with patchworking in a small market. It's just impossible because you can never sign good enough players to supplant your draft bus. That's why drafting is the most critical part. And it doesn't feel that way necessarily in baseball because the draft feels so far away. It feels so distant. It comes around every June and maybe you can watch the first round, but none of these players that get drafted are you going to see for two, three years. And you kind of forget how important it is to hit on these draft picks. Well, the hot stove is nice. Well, it's incredible to see all these free agent deals and it, and it keeps you turning on uh, MLB network on your television, you know, throughout the off season for the Royals. That's kind of all irrelevant. Like it's kind of all going to be based upon how well you draft. And so uh, we obviously knew Dayton Moore couldn't draft. Like he, he drafted Hosmer drafted Moose. That's all fine and well made a nice trade to get Kane and Eski. Uh, but in general, he could not draft and he did not have sustained success of drafting. That's why the, that's why the Royals have him in the playoffs twice in his entire tenure. Now, granted, those two times were fantastic and they were miraculous uh, pull-out-of-your-hat runs, but bottom line is they didn't have sustained success because he could not draft, because he could not uh, replace talent and he could not grow talent for whatever the reason. His, the people he put in place of growing the talent, the talent he selected in the draft, whatever it was. So we might find out you know, this time next year that, hey, this rebuild that we thought was going to was going to be over in a year or two, uh, yeah, it's actually at, at a full go restart because of how bad Dayton Moore drafted. And we have to give them the opportunity to fix that. And we might find out that you know what, it was an island problem, it was a Matheny problem, it was a Moore problem. And you know what, these young pitchers are actually really good, and like all of them are going to have a Brady Singer like turnaround. And if that's the case, well, then we're going to be partying it up in Kansas City because it's going to be a fun season where. I think if that's the case, if we find out that these pitchers are good with a new philosophy and a new pitching coach and a new set of eyes on them, which can happen. Like in baseball, how many times have you heard about pitchers who go to a new new place and there's just, quote, a new set of eyes on them and then, and then taught them one little tiny different alteration, and then all of a sudden it changes the trajectory of their career, changes the trajectory of how they pitch and how they succeed. If that were to happen, well, then this season could end up like last year's Baltimore team where, you know, okay, Baltimore did not make the playoffs. Sure, they didn't. That was still a heck of a fun season for Baltimore, who was, pro who was projected to be one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the AL. That could happen, I think, for Kansas City if all these young pitchers pan out, if all these young players pan out. So I think that the Royals did the right thing in just, in just standing pat because while it seems like a stagnant season, it should be a tell-all season of, of either you're going to say, okay, yes, continue on with this plan, continue on with trying to supplement this roster, we're going to say no, and you're going to tear it down to the studs and restart and give this new ownership group, give this new regime an opportunity to fix what the previous regime broke. And that's why I think that you know, no matter who's out there right now, that the Royals just don't really need anything. If, if anything, I'd say 
a pitching arm, either way, either a starter or a bullpen arm, just again, for the same reason that you, that you drafted, I mean, not drafted, I'm sorry, the same that you signed Lyles and signed Yarborough. Like that you didn't sign them to come be, come be impact players. You didn't sign them to go win ball games. Like you don't care about their war. You don't care about how many games that you're going to win different that you, now that you have Yarborough, now that you have Lyles, you don't really care. But you drafted them to eat innings and you drafted them to uh, be an adult in the room, in a room full of kids who, in a, in a sport where you're designed to fail, it might weigh on them. It might, it might wear on them. And so I think that that's kind of where the Royals are at with this season. And the most exciting part, I I think, will be the Royals getting to figure things out. So we'll see. We'll see how that all goes. But coming up, we're also going to see how great Bilt Bars are. Bilt Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your next order. Folks, Built Bars are great. Pre-workout, post-workout, even as a meal replacement and a snack. They're great for you to check out and use because they're covered in 100% real chocolate and only 160 calories. I love Built Bars. They have so many great flavors. Like They roll out their bread and butter flavors like you know, coconut brownie, like brownie batter, all that fun stuff. They also... They also have limited time only flavors. And one of the more recent limited time only flavors that I found to be enjoyable was Snickerdoodle. And now not only can you get them online, you can also find them in stores like Walmart pharmacy section and Sam's club. So you can put your hands on them right now, right down the road, uh, wherever you may be at or order them online and get them directly to your door. They're well worth it at built.com. We're back on the Lockdown Royals podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Royals baseball. If you're next, listen, check out the Lockdown Prospects podcast. Again, Lindsay does a great job covering all the farm systems in baseball. Remember, Lockdown MLB has a national show covering all the national landscape of baseball. I'm actually going to appear on the Locked On MLB show this week with Paul Francis Sullivan, the baseball encyclopedia. So keep an eye out for that. And our good friends over at Locked On Chiefs are going to get you set for this great playoff run between the Chiefs and the Jaguars up first, and then hopefully two more weekends after that, which will be very, very fun. Another Super Bowl run, I think, is in store for the Chiefs. As a matter of fact, let's quickly go through that. I think that the Chiefs are going to beat Jacksonville pretty handedly. I think uh, in Arrowhead, I think that the environment in Arrowhead would just be too much for this young Jaguars team. Still a really good season for them. Still a bright future for them. I think that Doug Peterson is a fantastic coach. I think that we're going to hear a lot about that Peterson Reed storyline. Um, but ultimately, the Chiefs being so good and also the Arrowhead home field advantage, I think gives them the edge clearly over Jacksonville. That's why they're eight and a half point favorites in the playoffs. And then past that, I think that they're going to play Buffalo in, in that neutral site, which I believe is what in Atlanta. It'll be a funky AFC title game, but why not? Let's ride with the Chiefs to advance to the Super Bowl. And in the NFC, I'll just be basic and pick the Eagles. I think that they got a great matchup with the Giants uh, where they can sort of cruise to the NFC Championship game. But I think that that's, you know, that that Giants team has a big TCU energy where 
they are, uh, you know, they're getting overlooked and everyone keeps saying that they're frauds, but somehow they keep stepping up. Uh, but eventually they're going to run into a Georgia type of game. And this might be it uh, in Philadelphia. Cause again, the, the home environment in Philadelphia is just crazy. Uh, so I'll go chiefs, bills and Eagles Niners in the, um, NFC chiefs, bills in the AFC and then super bowl. Let's go Eagles chiefs and have an Andy Reid bowl, uh, with, with those two squaring off. But again, we'll talk tomorrow on Lockdown Royals about the good, the bad, the ugly outcomes for this season, the best case scenario, the worst case scenario, and the most likely case scenario for the Kansas City Royals this season. And we'll also do another crossover with Javier Reyes talking about baseball from a viewership standpoint and talking about what we want to see changed with the baseball schedule and TV rights and everything else, which I think will be pretty fun, especially locally, the tie in with both teams locally of Bali sports and how it's not really available and accessible to a lot of people, but they're trying to change that, but are they changing it in the most intuitive way? We'll talk about that as well. Uh, so this has been lockdown Royals, your teams every single day on the lockdown podcast network. But again, remember off season, we're down to three shows a week. So make sure that you stay tuned and subscribe. So that way you never miss an episode. We'll be back to five days a week once pitchers and catchers and everyone is reported to spring training and, and we're kind of back to back, uh, back to baseball at that point. So until then, be good and be good to one another. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done.